Hello, hello. This is Wickly Bewitching. This podcast is a bit magical, but to be honest, we live in the real fucking world. And being a witch isn't like being in some wizarding school where we get sorted out by a hat and we have four different categories that we can end up in. Life is complicated. It isn't black or white. It's a majestic, colorful arrangement of variations and different shades. Fuck, there's even chartreuse in this mix. Why limit ourselves to a small palette to color with? So on this podcast, I talk about life. Because magic is about embracing all aspects of life. It isn't just about spell working or making sure you have the right tools or gifts. It's it's literally embracing all of the wonder, splendor, bullshit, ups and downs, ebbs and flows, and sometimes the hard truths of it just feels like we're just not getting a break. It's about everything around us. So instead of having a podcast that just talks about beautiful, majestic things that are out of your reach, and if only you do these five simple steps, you can achieve a perfect, blissful life. Because we're human, we complicate shit, we're dumb sometimes, and we make mistakes. But in those mistakes, we get messy, we take chances, and our lives become more ever enthralling and unfolding and mystical and that's where the magic lies in the bullshitted moments the moments that we slip and fall and we're covered in dirt and mud and we have a scraped knee it's in the getting up every single time that's what enlightenment's about that is the journey of the fool so if you're into the real fucking world no bullshitted crap then this is the podcast for you. And if you want me to fluff up some fairy tales and blow some smoke up your... Well, we're not going to say that here. Then this isn't the fucking podcast for you. My name is Lady L and I'm a fat, sassy spiritualist. And thank you. Now let's get into this wickedly bewitching world. You've been practicing witchcraft for the last three years. Now what the fuck do you do? You aren't a beginner witch, but you know you're not a veteran either. There's so much more that you can possibly learn, but where do you go? What do I do with this? How do I, how do I, how do I, how do I, how do I? All these things start floating into your head. And 2020 was the biggest increase in the occult and spiritual world. I have never seen so many people come out of broom closets and mass droves that there created a billion dollar industry. A billion dollars. Well, I think it's like a six billion dollar industry, but don't quote me on it. A big enough flex that it became significantly noticeable. I even saw subscription boxes that were normally tailored to like a beach aesthetic start to put in crystals and astrological focused items and sage. Yes, the infamous white sage that has everybody up in arms. You're either against it or for it. Honestly, 
at the end of the day, when something has been mass harvest to the point of extinction, just leave it the fuck alone. It doesn't matter if it's culturally appropriating. You're going to lose that healing medicine if you keep your shenanigans up. This goes for Palo Santo. And this goes for many different things that had been massed harvest in the spiritual world. And why is that? Because we went from a small group to a significantly larger group. And as much as I like to think that there is a widespread of magical witchy beings in this world, the truth is, is that there's a bigger group than us. Christians. And you're going to come at me and I don't really care, but there is a larger amount of Christians, mostly because they are born into that belief system. There is this thing I saw on TikTok, a video where the person said, if you stick a cricket in a jar, the cricket will try to escape the jar when you seal them in. However, over time, they'd end up giving up because they're by themselves. There's no motivation. There's no reason to continue and they'll perish. If you put two crickets in there, they'll both try to escape constantly. However, over time, them two will end up procreating and they'll have other cricket babies. When the two older crickets perish, the younger babies don't try to escape the jar. The reason for it is, is they have no clue outside of that world. And that's what I see with a lot of fundamentalist Christians. And by a lot of fundamentalist Christians, I'm going to say 90% of them that I interact with are at some form or another fundamental. And Christianity is flawed. But we'll get into that in a different podcast that I want to do with another person so that there can be some discussion in regards to that. This podcast is focused on the 2020 witches that came out of the broom closet. The people who are not quite new, but definitely don't have enough experience quite yet. One of the things I've noticed when talking to other woo-woo people or people in the pagan witchcraft metaphysical world is that they've done the things they've seen on TikTok and online And they just don't know what else to do. Like they're not living these grandiose lives that these creators are living. Well, that's because they have either been doing it for a long period of time and they have saved all those items throughout their experience. Some of them had already had well-paying jobs before they decided to do this world as a full-time thing. I've been doing this for quite some time. However, I had a great paying job, pandemic, didn't have that job anymore, also had a child. So I call it my broke back babe error. Whereas right now, you know, as I'm broke, (laughs) I'm working my back off and I'm a babe. And that's okay. Because right now there's a lesson in this this carrying weight on my shoulders that there's something here that I need to learn and understand before I can unload it. Will I be a millionaire? I've talked about this before. Absolutely. More than likely not. Would I like to be a millionaire? Of course. Well, actually not. Yes and no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. 
But the thing is, is that what do you do when you're not a beginner anymore? What is the next phase? And this really depends on where you are in your own personal development. At the beginning of the witchy world, a lot of people get lured in by movie characters, book characters, and there is this fantasy idealization that there is this magical world that we can go in and we see things floating and we have like the gooseberries really taste like gooseberries wallpaper where there is this like unique theatrical version of witchcraft and yes magical cool things do happen however none of us are like the craft our eye colors don't change our hair color changes and our eye color could change contacts and a hair dye but not right before your eyes with magic there is this almost disheartening moments that happen when people who are in the witchcraft world have those idealizations where they feel that witchcraft is more like Hollywood. And then what ends up happening is they have these really profound experience. They talk to people who are in their crone era and they're like, oh, why is it that I'm not having these things happen to me? Why am I not having these insane meditations where, you know, this whole world gets unlocked to me? Well, it's where you are at. The space that you have cultivated so that things can come in. Have you dealt with your trauma? I know. Big T, little T, it doesn't matter. Have you dealt with it? Do you pay attention to it? Are you aware of what is triggering? Do you get curious? The first step in everything, and I think I went through this with the alchemy of self, the first step in anything is to get curious. Hands down without a absolute, like we just need to get curious. Okay, when we look at science and we're looking for solving an equation, we have a theoretical problem, whatever it is, that theoretical problem, that is the curiosity to something that we see that needs to be solved. The first step in a big, huge aha moment, a massive change, the life altering moments is to be curious. And curiosity starts in the mundane. Curiosity starts in your house. Curiosity doesn't start where there is these huge, expansive moments where God comes down off of his throne. No. It's all in the simplest moments. Where we are at right now. And from that curiosity, we can expand out further. It's where we can formulate confidence in order to take the first step. The fool's journey is so crucial because it takes such a reflection of what we go through when we are with our parents at home, you know, when we're babies, toddler, that time period. 
that is when we find our parents and it is when we find our spiritual mentors. That is the first part of our journey. Then we go on to outside of our home. After getting curious, after that point of curiosity that that brings us to leaving our space of comfortability. Before we leave our front porch, before we're even going to go off to quote unquote university level now, that is when we get curious enough to go, what else is there outside of this world? What gets us to actually make the action is confidence, to be confident to leave the space. And in that, that's where we are in our page and when we're in our night zone we are more likely to lead by ego we are transitioning from that naivety that the page has page is also gossipers and I like to like like spread all the tea we move from that into this fast action impulsive behavior that's where the confidence comes into it's also where we need to be aware of when ego comes into play. Ego can stop us. Because ego can also make us go into places that may not necessarily be the best place for us. <laughs> so this act of being a knight after we have gotten confident eventually leads us to letting go. Letting go of the things that weigh down on us. Letting go of all that extra added shit. I love how Wayne Dyer says that when we stop caring about what other people think is when we truly start to live. I mean, at first I heard it, I was like, duh. <laughs> uh, because if I don't care about what the other person thinks, then like I can fucking wear a purple bikini. Okay. No fucks to give. I missed the goddamn point. It's the literally completely unequivocally not giving a fuck. It's like not even noticing other people are in the room because you are so in love with your life, so in love with what you are doing, and so in love with the people who are in your life that you don't have any fucks to give on who is walking on that beach with you. You are literally just enjoying everything the energy like you don't care what they think that's good for you that's your opinion that's based upon your life experience that's not up to me to take there's even like a buddhist quote where it's like you know when someone tries to give you the gift of i think like anger or whatever the case may be you know if you do not if you choose not to accept this gift who then has the gift well they do so if someone tries to throw out the gift to you that you have no worth or value and you're like, <laughs> cute, <laughs> like being fat, I have had people who online, when they don't like what I have to say, they always tend to go towards my weight all the time. Oh yeah, well, you know, with a body like that, I'm like, oh, <laughs> cute, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I don't care what some stranger thinks about me on the internet. I don't know you. I don't know your life experience. I don't know where you've been that you feel that this is perfectly acceptable behavior. But I genuinely do not take my worth and my self-value 
from some stranger on the fucking internet who has a pair of eyes. Duh, I'm fat. It's in my fucking name. It is the first part, fat and sassy. Mm-hmm, got some salt there. And I'm a spiritualist. If that eludes you, that ain't my problem. So I really like how when we don't take other people's gifts, which is their version of us, and we don't keep it, then they're the ones that are still left with it. I get blocked very super fast. Boom, boom, boom. When I'm like, cute. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> no. Dorbs. Dorble. So when we're on this journey, when we're letting go, you know, we're getting curious. We're building that confidence to take the first step outside of our house. And once we do, we're able to like let go of this. It really gives us that space of I have zero fucks to give about what societal standards have on me, what the patriarchy wants me to believe. I don't fucking care. If I want to wear pants, I'm going to wear pants. If I want to wear a dress, I'm going to wear a dress. It doesn't matter what my genitalia is. I don't fucking care. I remember my mom telling me back in the day they used to have this uproar about women wearing pants. Women, people who identified as a woman, wearing pants. It was like, oh my god. Oh, next, are they going to want jobs? Are they going to want to be men? Oh my god. Who will take care of the children? Just think of the children. <laughs> It was fucking pants. You just took your dress. You cut a slit in the front and the back. You sewed it up so now your legs both have a dress. They're leg dresses with a belt. How that is going to erupt your whole system is beyond me. But it's a system that's shit anyways. When men went off to men, went off to quotations, went off to war, the women, in quotations, were left to fill in for the jobs that the men were no longer there to do. And these women did a fantastic job, if not better. Très bien. They busted and hauled ass doing these things. And then when the men came back, they were like, all right, ladies, off to home, off you fuck. And the ladies were like, oh, hell the fuck no. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. Cute. Mm, no. <laughs> no, we do a better job. This is not changing. And so created a movement. So we have always had positions to which we have actually created massive amounts of change in various industries and yet for some motherfucking reason it's like people forgot they're like oh yeah you can actually put your pants on every single day <laughs> yes i can i can wipe my ass too i'm not in a fucking public bathroom walking out with my pants down in my ankles asking for somebody to wipe my booty no because i'm not a toddler Although, thank God, my kid doesn't do that. Oh, my goodness. But my niece used to do that. It was super awkward because I was like, uh, get back in there. Take some toilet paper. Do the thing you need to do. Dear God, why were you never taught this? I am so concerned. <laughs> um, 
I am not your booty wiper. <laughs> but I can wipe my own ass as a grown-ass motherfucking adult. Doesn't mean just because I walk around with a vulva on my pants. Don't mean for some reason my brain has fallen out of it. Just because it's a hole doesn't mean everything in the middle and in between comes out. That would be terrifying. I would also have no insides because the brain is the last thing the hell wrong with you. So when we go from curious, building up confidence, shutting out our shit that we don't want to have carried and hold on us anymore, we're just shutting it all away. We go into that error of zero fucks to give. And then we repeat ourselves again. Whenever there's a new change, we go back into getting a place of comfortability, getting curious, seeking out that discomfort in order to create expansion. So when you've only been practicing for about three years, you're just starting a next round. You were super curious at the very beginning in 2020. You were like, everything, all the things, I want to be friends with all the witches. And then you eventually realize, oh, the witches are not the witches I want to be with. That one is scary. That one I don't get. That one. All right, that one's cool. I'm okay with that one. That person's rad. But you start to realize, where do you go? What you are aligned with? Some people want to be kitchen witches. And do all their magical stuff in the kitchen. Some people are very traditional witches, like myself, who tend to like rituals and ceremonies and they like the big grandiose gestures. I blame it on my Leo rising and my Aries soon, but who the fuck knows? There are some that like to do more modern things. Banging pots, telling out the spirits, be gone you spirits. Because mama fucking scared shitless. Boom, boom. There are some who like to work with tinctures and making potions. Others like to play with dirt and crystals and sticks. Some people like to collect oddities and pile them up in random places in the house. Having several altars. Some have to keep things more hidden on the DL. Because, you know, parents or their roommates or even their husband or wife may not quite understand what they're doing. Some have a fascination for moon, so they collect moon water. Don't know what the fuck they're going to do with it, but they sure shit got a stock of it. Ahem. Like myself. Some of them like jars and putting things in jars and putting people in jars and freezing them for later. Some people are about hexing, while other people are all about changing the vibration of the earth by raising up the level of love. Everybody has something in particular that they end up really honing in on as they've tried everything. So if you've only been in one area and you've only done the same thing over and over again, then this is your chance to get curious. If you've only done kitchen things, get curious somewhere else. Do some bedroom stuff. Do some nature stuff. Do some stuff where you are doing some traditional ceremonies. Get a little bit creative. Get a little bit messy. Make lots of mistakes. It's okay. As long as you know how to clean up your mess afterwards. I definitely suggest, above all, getting somebody that you trust 
or a group of people you trust with varying levels of experience. And I say this because when you have a bunch of beginner witches together or a bunch of witches who have the same amount of experience, none of you guys are going to expand. It's always going to be the same level, the same plateauing. But when you have people who are at the beginning, when you have people who have been doing it for the past few years, when you have people who have been doing it much longer than that, people who have lived their whole life, then the varying of knowledge is there, which means that there's something for everybody to learn. The people who have been doing it for a long period of time are kind of stuck in their ways. So when someone comes around that's new and goes, hey, did you know you can do da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? They're like, whoa, expansion, right? We can always learn from each other. But above all, I think it's so important that after three years, instead of staying as a solo practitioner, expand your connection and network. Interact with people you trust. And you know what? If you're in a group, and you like everybody except for that one person, you don't have to do stuff with that one person. You can choose specific people you want to have in your group with you. You also don't have to be in a coven. To me, this is more about community. So if you want to call yourself a coven, fine. But keep in mind, often when we hear the word coven, we feel like locked and loaded, can't leave, signed in blood like we put a higher value on it which can create anxiety for some people like myself I don't like using the word coven I had started to use it a little too lightly in my business and I started to see problems arise I started to notice how my clients were reacting to that word it almost became a mandatory, like, have to show up regardless of sick or doesn't matter. <sighs> and I didn't like that, to be quite honest. I want a community that can support us no matter where we are at, no matter if we're sick or, you know, healthy. There needs to be safety. So keep that in mind. Do things with them. You don't have to do rituals. You don't have to do spell working. Just talk. Talk about stuff. What do you do? What things are you interested in? What's something new you learn? That's what you can do when you've hit three years in the practice. And it's something that I see so many witches and spiritual practitioners miss. Because when you are stuck in your group, you can also miss the problematic spaces. I have a very big belief that if a business owner is problematic, the products they sell are going to be equally problematic. If they do things from love and they do things from a place of genuinely enjoying what they do, genuinely loving the things that they do, and genuinely treating their employees well, the products are going to reflect that regardless of whether they make it or not. My favorite metaphysical place is Smudge Metaphysical in Windsor. If you ever get the opportunity to go to it in Windsor, Ontario, please do. 
The owner is fucking awesome. Her employees also equally as fucking awesome. They are really a community. They genuinely care about what they're doing. They genuinely care about the products and they genuinely know their shit. Like they're not going to force anything on you, which is fan fucking tastic, but they're not going to let you be in the dark either. If you have questions, they will actually answer them. And if they don't know, they will actually say, I don't know. Let me find that out for you. I love that because so many miss the point. I worked for two places and I won't name who they are, but in these two places, both of them were missing the point. One focused solely on money, 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 money. And anytime anything bad, quote unquote, would happen, it was always love and light, love and light. They didn't practice it. They didn't follow it. They just loved crystals. They liked to hear singing bowls. Honestly, there was no connection to it. And it just floors me that you can hold space in a shop and the only thing you care about is dollar dollar bills, y'all. And that makes a massive disconnect. The way that they also treated their employees was appalling. They found them inconvenient when they were injured. They found their safety and protection and inconvenience. And that really portrayed on the fact that I had seen more of my clients retreating from there without any knowledge about what was actually happening behind the closed doors. Because when you work with energy, you pick up on energy and you're going to pick up on the energy that the owner has and that the employees have. And you're going to know without verbalizing that something isn't adding up. The other place, the other shop that I worked at, the owner is highly suspicious, has a ridiculous amount of cameras, bad mouths every customer that comes in, talks about them. At one point told me before they became a quote unquote witch shop, at one point had told me that they don't sell to witches because they don't want anything to do with that type of person. Meanwhile, in the shop, there was a plethora of witches. So I was shocked to hear that because I had thought that the shop was a witch shop. How they talked about other people was disgusting. I was so grossed out. But keep in mind, me and this manager or owner had never gotten along. So I always thought it was really weird that I was asked to work there. I just did it for the discount, honestly, and to connect with other people because I genuinely love those products and I genuinely love people. And I really want people to have safe and fun practices, ones that will change their life and one that is not just a fucking hobby, but it's just a way of living. I loved what I did. I loved working at those places. I didn't like working for those managers or those owners. Owners, managers, kind of the same thing. But the other owner, she was super suspicious, super toxic. And when I was going through something really horrible, I couldn't come into work anymore because I mentally couldn't handle it. And instead of reaching out and asking me what was going on, she just automatically assumed that I was just an evil individual. 
So much so that when I was working at another place, she had messaged them, made up a bunch of lies to try to get me fired because she didn't like the idea of me working for a competitor. The worst part is, is when I did come back to that shop to buy something, my husband, but partner at the time, was a huge video game addict. So they were always on their phone playing video games. Not anymore, but at the time they were. So they were playing video games. So she assumed he was videotaping. If she had walked behind him, she would have noticed that that was further from the truth. In fact, I don't even think he knew what I was doing. But she walked so close to me that our lips almost brushed up against each other. And I was shocked. I said hello to her several times to try to have a conversation. Nada. I got so upset that I couldn't buy something that I actually desperately needed for my mental health that I had to put down my purchase, didn't even put it away, and walk out. I was then greeted with a message to never return because she assumed I was taking videos of the place so that I could show my current employee or man and employer. My current employer at that time was terrified of her because of the violence that she had inflicted on her when they used to be next to each other. <sighs> I don't get how either of those places are even in business because both of them don't care about their employees, nor do they care about their customers. And the some of them will find that they have, they're very kind, but ultimately, if push comes to shove, both of those owners would walk over you to get another better playing customer. They used to drop thousands of dollars. When they noticed that they weren't making any money, the one employer, ex-employer's son, messaged me and thought flirting with me would get me to come back to his mom's shop to buy stuff because I would drop a thousand at minimum each and every single month. And I stopped. That's a lot. That is at least $12,000 a year that you've just said goodbye to because of your paranoia of me taking video footage and giving it to your competitor who doesn't even sell <laughs> the same stuff. Like you guys aren't even competitors. But this is what I mean. Being very aware of where you obtain your stuff is the quality of the ingredients that you work with. I feel like it is far better to use herbs and flowers and things out of your own garden than it is to go and purchase it anywhere else. If you're going to purchase it anywhere else, make sure you're purchasing it from companies that have sustainability Companies that harvest and create their own herb, like grow their own herbs, create their own tinctures, create their own products, not ones that buy it in mass produced places and mush them together. When there is things like endangered species such as sage, we need to be a lot more mindful on that. We need to stop selling it until there is more sustainability. But ultimately, I don't feel like it is appropriate to be selling another culture's medicine. We can use so many other different ingredients to substitute for that. And there needs to be more of that advocacy and conversations in these places. 
when we're at the middle ground, meaning that like we are three years and up practicing, this conscious awareness should now be at your focus in what you are doing. Are the ingredients that you're using have the right energy that you need for your spell casting? Or are these ingredients sold at a low vibe frequency area or space that has zero care about sustainability and zero care for the people who harvest it and zero care for the people who sell it? Because that's the energy you are putting in your spell. So when your spell backfires and bites you in the ass, that is a very big way of why it could bite you in the ass. The other thing is, is also making sure that we are taking care of ourselves. That is a huge factor. What are we saying to ourselves? What are we saying outside? What are we talking about? Now, this isn't like bypassing stuff or ignoring things or just being like, only positive vibrations in this area. I don't want to think about it. I don't want any negativity. No. Bad shit happens. Shit that we need to be aware of. The fact that I am feminine presenting, female presenting, I am a white individual already gives me, like not the female, but the white aspect gives me a privilege over other people. The fact that, you know, I am not transitioning from one gender to another already gives me a privilege that they don't have. Being mindful of that and then being mindful of areas where being a woman looking at as a woman, even though I don't identify as a woman, that can also create some tumultuous situations. The fact that I am queer, that also creates tumultuous situations where I don't have that kind of privilege. The fact that I am fat creates tumultuous situations to which my health can be a situation that can be problematic, not because I'm fat, but because doctors won't take care of me properly. And the fact that other people think that because I'm fat, I'm lazy and I can't do things. These things are areas where I don't have privilege that other people do. But being aware of where my privilege is also plays a factor into my own practice. I can afford things that maybe some people cannot afford and being mindful and aware of that as well. Giving where I can is very important to me. In my practice and in my courses that I teach and the programs that I do and the events, etc., etc., there is always going to be somebody there who is either sponsored or somebody who I know needed to be there, so I made space for them to be there. I did it on purpose. And that is because I feel like if I have the opportunity to do so, I should do so because I feel like everybody should have the opportunity to experience things, especially when it comes to healing. There's a lot that you can go down when you've hit that three plus mark. A lot of things to get curious about. A lot of things to go deeper in. This is the, I find the most magical space because it is the most boring, I guess you could say. It's boring because you're doing some really intense, deep workings. 
it's almost like you're stretching a pair of shoes. Like you just bought the shoes and you're like, mm, girl, they're so pretty. They're so cute. I like them. Oh, la, la. You're like admiring them. You're like, spark, sparkle, twinkle, twinkle. Clean them up. Give them a good buff. And then you put them on and you're like, mm, yeah, that's uh, not feeling so cute right now. <laughs> a blister central. But you got to wear those shoes, those boots. You got to work them boots, them sparkly ass boots, so that you can feel comfortable. So you keep them on when you're doing your laundry. And all of a sudden, all your laundry feels a little extra cute. You like, put it up a notch. Doing it when you're di doing your dishes. Doing it when you're going out grocery shopping because you got to work them boots in. Your feet will hurt, but. Eventually, your boots are perfectly worn in. They feel nice and good, right? You shed some literal skin. <laughs> some blood and tears <laughs> got shed. And then now you don't got no fucks to give because now you are walking around in them sparkly ass boots. And you are looking fucking magnificent. That's where you're at in your process. You're now... Stretching out them boots, stretching out them witchiness, stretching out them spiritual practices. You're stretching them out so you're going in the uncomfortable places you haven't gone before. And <clears throat> stretching them out. I don't know. You can't see me when I'm actually making the stretching movements. But you're stretching them out so you can wiggle your little toes and you can look hot later on. But you got to do the work first. And this is why I find a lot of people don't know what to do next. Because no one talks about this. This is the part that everyone wants to skip over. It's the part that some people who have gone through it have gone through it and, you know, maybe hold some trauma from going through it. They got trauma from dealing with their trauma. But regardless, you still have to do it. Otherwise, you're just not going to go anywhere. It's like a fucking elastic band. You're going to think you're running and it's like... <laughs> Universe is going to slap you back right where you fucking came from, man. Until you fucking do the fucking work. And that's when a lot of things have aha moments. It wasn't your fault that these things had happened to you that were horrible. However, we can control our emotions and how we are after that point. How we show up in the world and how we show up for ourselves. So if you're at that three-year mark, you are a 2020 witchling, this is the time to get on your fucking broomstick, do some stretching out, get your little witchy boots on me, have not yet worn, do some cleaning, some clearing, some cleansing, some stretching, some trauma working. Some community service, community service, <laughs> not, not person community service, but like get out in your community and get to know your other witchy folk, get to know the people in your spaces. You got nobody that's a witch or a practicing person or spiritual person in your neighborhood. Reach out to other neighborhoods. We are on the worldwide interwebbies. There are so many different social media platforms that you can go into. Just don't get stuck. And if you feel like you're stuck, do a little dance, put on some music, drop it like it's hot, and then do something uncomfortable. Just do it right now. Boom, boom. 
<laughs> so I hope that this helps in some form or fashion. If you ever have any questions, you can always reach out to me on Instagram. I am fat sassy spiritualist and I always am available to chat it up. I just won't, you know, maybe not get to you right away because I might be sleeping or, you know, doing other stuff, but I am available to have a chat if you ever have questions, but just don't be afraid of not taking that first step. Turn that fear into a sense of curiosity, then build the confidence to move forward, but you have to move forward. I have had clients that just haven't moved forward and I've watched that potential and that elastic band just keep snapping them back. And I'm like, dude, can't skip over the shedding because you need to go through that shedding. We need to stretch out them boots. All right, so go stretch out them boots or that outfit, whatever it is. You got actual boots to stretch out. You can use this as a part of magical practice. Just be like, as I'm stretching out my boots, I'm stretching out my soul. Stretching out, I'm getting all wiggly up in it. Anyways, I hope you have a wonderful evening. Thank you for listening and tuning into Wickedly Bewitching. If you aren't already, follow me on Instagram, Fat Sassy Spiritualist. If you are already, thank you for tuning in. I love you guys. Um, yeah, and this is it. All right, have a great night. Bye.